1: And we're back with Mornings with Adam Peacock. Got to talk some tennis right now with uh, John Fitzgerald. We've established the line once uh, once again, Fitzy. Morning, mate. How, how are things down in Adelaide? They're
0: yeah, good, Adam. Uh, you should know well you were uh, dominating proceedings here a week ago. But, look, we, we miss you, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> But the tennis has uh, made up for it, Adam. It's been pretty extraordinary uh, first week here in Adelaide.
1: Yeah, I, I miss you too. And I miss the crew as well, <laughs> apart from Wally, who's joined you. But, it, you you know, no, nothing's perfect, is it, Fitzy? Nothing's perfect. No. No. And, and Wally is far from perfect, by the way. Wally, my <laughs> But
0: uh, apparently he is coming this week. Um He's had a little COVID, and and he's trying to get over that. And uh, we don't want him here while he's got it, by the way. So uh, he may not show this week. Anyway, look, I'm looking forward at some stage during the summer of seeing you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Two old mates catching up once again. And I look forward to being in the vicinity so I can listen to you two go at each other. (laughs) Hey, last night, uh, something extraordinary again from Novak Djokovic. It's it's not so extraordinary when it comes to Djokovic because we almost expect something like this, especially when he's match point down to to find a way, he does it again. Uh, what did you make of it all, his yeah. win over Seb quarter? Look,
0: he, he has a lot of assets, doesn't he? Um, uh, probably uh, as many as we've ever seen in a male tennis player before. And and one of, one of those assets at the top of his list, it probably goes a little unnoticed I think sometimes, he has this innate ability to, to just play uh, his best tennis, like extraordinary points at the right time. And he, he's done it throughout his whole career um, there are a number of times in big matches where he's been down match point uh, and then fa- found a way to win, and last night was the same. Quarter uh, made him play a, a pretty exceptional point when he was match point down, uh, Novak. So young Seb Quarter nearly got the win of his life to date, um, but nearly is, is not over the line, and he, he got a lob up awkwardly in the match point, and somehow Novak got back and hit a very unusual uh, High-quality smash for a winner on the match point down he he, he finds a way because he's a great champion and He's um, good to watch him, but but I was so delighted also Adam with Sebastian quarter he's a player of the future and uh, he's one of the new breed He's got a lot of uh, well. He comes from a good gene pool in terms of sporting ability we know that his father was an Australian Open tennis champion and um, his mother a very very good player as well, so He's got a couple of sisters that are not bad at another sport. Uh, they're pretty good at golf. So, but look, um, it was an extraordinary night, um, and a lot of atmosphere, and the crowd was full, and the new stadium just set everything off. It was it was a great first week.
1: It certainly was. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you about Seb Coates because he's he's got such a calm demeanour. Nothing phases him. Obviously, a few things going through his head when he let that match point that match point slip last night. Whereas Djokovic, he was getting a little edgy especially when he lost the first set he he told his agent to go away go and watch the match somewhere else which happens from time to time um i don't know how the discussions have been this morning but um did you notice that courtside oh i absolutely did um i i I
0: don't speak that language and uh i don't know exactly but i had a fair idea i reckon what was being said um (laughs) without understanding a word actually but no he was very antsy for some reason i don't know why um you know, it's a new season. He's Every player has his... No matter how good you are, every player has his own issues to deal with and pressures. And he's got a very high expectation of himself and wants to win every match he plays, obviously. And, uh, you know, after he went down a set, he, he did um, lose his cool a little bit. Um, but being the, the incredible professional he is, he got himself together and defended that match point late in the second set and then went on to win. And quarter never... Never wavered. Uh, to, uh, he was so impressive, the youngster. He's only 22, and he well, he took his disappointment so well. And I always say to the young players, they, their best tennis is good enough, but sometimes their worst tennis. There's too big a gap between their best tennis in the course of a match and their worst tennis. And but his didn't falter. He he didn't drop off at all. He he soaked up all the disappointments that he had to endure during the match and and continued on that same high level that he, he displayed in the first set. So look, I was, I couldn't have been more impressed with him. I, I, even if he'd won that match point, I mean, he, he he actually was able to show us other assets because he actually lost it. So, so lost that match point. So look, he's got a big future and uh, he's pulled out this week. He's he's obviously had enough tennis before he gets to Melbourne. And, uh, but he's a player of the future. And, and look, Novak is Novak. He, he's, He's just an incredible competitive beast who has all of his bases covered, it seems, with with, with his talents. And uh, he's extraordinary to watch.
1: Yeah. Hey, just with that, um, you, you mentioned that Seb has pulled out, and fair enough too. It, it's getting the prep right for the Australian Open. There's no point in in um, cashing all your tickets this week, the week before a, a major. Uh, would... What do you make of... I'd, I'd hate to be a tournament director the, the week before a major. Now, Adelaide have already had a great week. They've got another one this week. Should they rejig the schedule a little bit? Like slide the days a bit further back to get it away from the Australian Open or too hard? Look, I don't know how to fix the issue
0: of... The players want matches, Adam. Obviously, they, if, they don't, if they lose first round or second round, they want another tournament the next week. If, if they do well and they get through to the final... Uh, of of a tournament two weeks before the open, then they tend to want to rest that their body to so that they can recoup, you know, recuperate all their energy. So I, I think it's an impossible uh, task to to get it right. The, the the beauty of this week though in Adelaide is that there's um, a, a large number of the top twenty women. Um, I think it's fourteen off the top of my head yeah. uh, out of the top twenty that are that are in this tournament in Adelaide, which is an extraordinary level for a 250 um, on either the men's or the women's side. The men's tournament this week is not as strong. Obviously, we had Djokovic and and Medvedev here to to headline as headline acts in the in the first week in Adelaide. So, it's really difficult to get it right, but the bottom line is there's been an extraordinary number of world-class players that Tennis Australia have found a way through amalgamating, you know, the United Cup and then and then the men's ATP events here and the WTA events for the women here in Adelaide have found a way to give most of these world class players uh, enough match practice before they go into the major. And I guess in a way that's that's sort of their objective. You know, it's so that all of these great players don't hesitate about coming down to Australia before the open starts and then and then obviously participate in the first Grand Slam of the Year.
1: Do you reckon Nick plays the Australian Open, Fitzie? Curious, no
0: I, If you don't know, I don't know, Adam. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what he'll do. Yeah, so fair I don't enough. know how else you'll answer. Yeah, no, no,
1: that's that's fair. But what you will see this week in Adelaide are a lot of um, the, the the other Australian players, like the guys like Thanasi Kokanakis. I think he's playing Popper in the first round tonight. You have got Jason Kubler, who who went pretty well in the uh, United Cup. He's down there trying to get some points and some some coin in the pocket. As well, and yep. a few on the women's side as well. So that those those Aussie players that we really like getting behind in week one of the Australian Open, looking to refine their uh, preparation. They are those
0: those three men you mentioned all had wild cards here because their rankings weren't quite strong enough to get in. Um, two of them play against each other. Poprind plays uh, Kokonakis tonight. Uh, the winner of that will play Rublev, uh, the top seed on the men's side. Um, but but you know Jason Kubler has really. Made me smile. He's brought a smile to my face the last year. On how a young guy who's had more than his fair share of injury problems in his early career has found a way to finally make it on the men's tour. And and look, as an Australian, I feel so proud of him. He's 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 always been a, a modest young guy who hasn't never asked for anything. He's always been um, giving his best at all of these events. And finally, he's he's actually found a formula. Uh, that 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 has produced confidence in his makeup, and he's he's beating world class players, and he wants to be on the bigger stage. And um, so, if 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 some of your listeners haven't seen Jason Kubler, please make a point of having a look at him during the during the summer. And uh, fingers crossed, he can he can go. Uh, I don't know about deep into the Australian Open; that'll be great. But whether he can win a few matches and get his get his name out there and and earn that coin that can launch the rest of his career because he deserves
1: it. Yeah, I've, I've actually um, – thanks for leading into this. It's a nice little segue into my uh, my day job, which is codesports.com.au. Um, I've done an article with Jason. I caught up with him yesterday, and he's he's talking about that, that the little thing that he's got to manage now is that he's got a bit of coin in the bank. Uh, he's got a nice watch, not a Rolex like yourself or Wally or anything like that, but it's a nice watch that he's, he's bought himself. But apart from that, he's got to invest in his career because – the six knee operations that he had, which crawled his, his his start on the senior tour, Wimbledon last year. His check for making the fourth round after qualifying was three hundred and thirty thousand dollars Aussie. Now that sounds spectacular, yep. Yep. but that now funds he's got to reinvest that to fund his kind of existence, I should say, on the on the tour with a coach and maybe a physio.
0: Yeah. Well, look. You know, I guess sometimes I think I'm looking over my shoulder and defending the
1: sport a little bit, Adam.
0: But um, the numbers are confusing in tennis. Um, they always have been. Um, when when people talk about prize money in tennis, they uh, and I won't go too deep into this because it's too long a discussion, obviously. But but there there is a very top heavy formula in mm-hmm. tennis, and I, I've always been an advocate of trying to adjust that formula, not not completely turn it on its head, but have a more indexed approach to prize money because tennis is a game where quite often the same players win it's a one-on-one sport you know if you're a golfer and you're ranked 80 in the world i think it's fair to say uh that that you have a chance of winning a major in tennis that's not so it's a rare rare thing that only a young player who we haven't seen much of could could give a a, like a boris becker years ago in 1985 when he won wimbledon you know he was a player on a shooting star and he won Wimbledon and we didn't know But generally players can't go to the latter stage. So the same players keep winning the lion's share of the prize money. And so when a young player like Kubler makes 300,000 for one, uh, one successful week at Wimbledon, people go, wow, that's a lot of money. And, uh, you know, and it is, it is a lot of money, but, but it's not like a football franchise where all of their expenses are paid. You know, you, Mm. you can have a, I know I'm being a bit long-winded, mate, forgive me, but I know in in a team sport, you get X amount as your base salary and then there's, no, there's not really the expenses. For a tennis player, it's completely different. So someone like Jason Kubler hasn't had any money his whole life uh, from tennis, really, because everything he gets, he has to spend. And now there might be a little bit of excess on top of that that he can actually put a little bit in the bank uh, and try to then fund more of his career to do better still. So it, uh, sorry to dwell on that, but he he does need to invest now and uh, and he will because he's got that attitude and it's a great attitude to have and I, I wish him the best. He, he He's a good young player still and uh, I hope he plays for another half a dozen years at the top of the game.
1: No, you bang on and it's really interesting how it actually works because you're right. You, you look at a a prize check, and you go, wow, that's great. And then there's tax, and there's all those expenses, and it, it costs a bit to get around the world. Fitzy, we're going to leave it there, yep. mate, but look forward to your commentary, your uh, your erstwhile comments. I'm looking forward to your knowledgeable, um, you know, the, the passing on of all that great depth that you have as well, courtside and up in the commentary box this week in Adelaide, and I'll catch you in Melbourne for the Aussie Open.
0: Yeah Look, you're way too kind, Adam. Thank you, um, uh, and uh, it's good to talk to someone who really has a – a keen interest in all sports, mate. Thank you. And uh, don't compliment Wally too much this summer. Can I? Can I just
1: suggest that before I leave? You didn't have to but, say this summer. Me, mate. <laughs> <You didn't... laughs> nice to talk to you. You too, Fitty. Thanks, mate. John Fitzgerald joining us, uh, former Australian Davis Cup captain, now commentator as well. Great player back in the day as well. Won a, a Davis Cup or two as a player. And uh, yeah, you'll hear his voice and plenty of others on the uh, the commentary across uh, Channel Nine and and Stan Sport across the summer. We're off to a quick break on Mornings with Adam Peacock. Uh, Back in a sec.